feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Breaking News. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, Capitol Hill police are making arrests outside of the Democratic National Committee building in Washington, D.C., in Capitol Hill. Apparently, a protest by pro-Palestinians who were out there, obviously, talking about Israel and Hamas. Apparently, the protest got unruly. They broke through some gates, and a number of people have been arrested. But it's pretty significant that they are taking the fight to the Democratic Party going to Democratic National Committee headquarters and saying, we do not agree with your policies. We do not agree with President Joe Biden. And we will keep you posted as to what happens outside of DNC headquarters, as now a protest apparently has been breaking up, uh, but got very, very much out of hand. Also, later on in the show, we are going to talk about a very emotional hearing that took place on Capitol Hill today where they talked about fighting anti-Semitism with attacks skyrocketing. What can be done? What should be done to crack down on colleges? We're going to talk about that also later on in the show. Meantime, also at uh, about half an hour or so from now, we're going to share some details last night. It was a really special night at New York City Hall where I was the lucky one who was able to MC Polish Independence Night. We're going to be talking to the Polish Consul General to New York, Adrian Kubitsky, and also New York City Councilman Bob Holden, who put this incredible event together where it was just a tribute to freedom, a tribute to the stalwart, I think, heritage and history of Poland. And everybody, you definitely want to tune in for that. That's going to be in about half an hour from now. They're going to join me to share some details about our amazing and very, very patriotic night. I don't think there's any bigger supporter of America than Poland. And they share so many values throughout history. And we're going to talk about that and just the fight for freedom and how Poland was first to fight and fights for your freedom and ours, which is a very famous Polish phrase. So many of you may know that out there. You know how much I love my Polish heritage and my father's background. But also, it was really, really powerful today when on Capitol Hill, there were officials with Homeland Security who testified. And this comes after just the last few hours. We have been hearing from President Joe Biden, he came out and he gave his readout on the meeting that he had with the Chinese leader, President Xi. Now, notable that they didn't do it together. Usually when they have these press conferences or when there's a big meeting with an official and when that happens, usually a lot of times they come out together. It elevates the moment. It symbolizes that they're both on the same page. What a surprise Tonight, we just saw President Biden come out and they put out separate press releases, which is a sign that maybe they're both not on the same page. Maybe they both want to put out a different version to their leadership and to their public 
clearly you could tell uh, that President Xi kind of came back gloating, apparently, in all the publications there in China. He's smiling and cheering and making it sound like, look how well I was embraced in America. Uh, boy, are we really treated like the leaders of the world. Uh, President Biden seemed a bit tired, a bit slow, a bit sluggish. And one of the things that he was talking about also was he highlighted the fact that they've made some agreement on fentanyl. Now, China is, of course, a huge, huge uh, developer, if you will, or producer of the chemicals that go into fentanyl. They're working with these cartels. They have companies that send materials to these cartels, and then they bring across fentanyl around the border, our wide open southern border, which isn't hard to do these days. And so I'm glad that at least the president brought up fentanyl. He didn't bring up the spy balloon. He didn't bring up COVID. There's a lot of things he clearly did not bring up in the discussion. You get a readout of what they talked about. They apparently met for four hours and President Biden, I think, listened for three and spoke for maybe half an hour, 45 minutes. So do you have any confidence that anything major was accomplished? This is a really important meeting. And it doesn't really sound like he took China to task. And this comes as they're doing incredible provocations all over the world. I mean, with Taiwan, uh, issues with the Philippines, obviously the spy balloon that hovered all over America. So as we're looking at all of that, and I heard the president saying that they came to some agreement on fentanyl. Again, I'm glad he at least brought it up because he really doesn't talk about fentanyl that much. And fentanyl has claimed more lives from 18 to 35-year-olds, than all these other different things combined. It is a huge, huge issue. And it is so deadly and so incredibly, incredibly toxic. And so I'm happy that he said that they came to some conclusion and that they figured out some resolution. Well, the resolution was that they're going to try to crack down on these companies producing fentanyl. And in return, President Biden will not sort of uh, chastise China publicly. Uh, first of all, if you think that China's going to be cracking down on fentanyl production or doing anything, uh, I really do have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. And then in addition to that, uh, they also said uh, that they talked about climate change. And if you think that China, who is doing one coal plant a week, is going to change anything that they have to do with climate change to appease President Biden or anybody I'll sell you two bridges in Brooklyn because that ain't going to happen. So here was this moment where they're talking about fentanyl and the president comes out, President Biden. This was just like an hour or two ago. And he comes out and he says, listen, uh, we reached this deal. Fentanyl is so dangerous. Fentanyl is so serious. Fentanyl is so toxic. And I 100% agree with him. I was so happy to hear him talk about it. Boy, is that needed more than ever, that kind of a discussion and that kind of a dialogue. So he said that. And then in my next breath, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Why doesn't he just do the obvious? Close the southern border. Our southern border is so wide open. And it is so dangerous right now with all of these protests that are taking place. These pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, in some cases, you know, protests that are happening that are getting so out of hand that they're even outside the Democratic National Committee and breaking in uh, into gates and, you know, you know, private property, all this stuff. It's getting bad. And they're burning the Israeli flag. There are, you know, reports of them burning the American flag. All of these things are adding up. 
And so this is such a dangerous time in this country. And today we heard from Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, and we also heard from the FBI Director, Christopher Wray. And they testified just about the threat that is to our homeland, how we're at like basically a level 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, because all of these terror groups around the world have sort of been stirred up like a hornet's nest because of everything that's happening now in the Mideast. And this is just a downright dangerous situation for America. Take a listen, because here is Christopher Ray talking about the number of Godaways. Now, the number of Godaways are the people that you have no idea who they are. They cross the border. You see like a little dot. You don't even have a name. You often don't have a face or anything like that. But what we sadly do know is that there's like about a million Godaways that have crossed into our country just in the last year alone under President Biden. They believe there's been like 2.4, 2.5 million that they know of. And we don't even know if we can keep track of them, if they even gave the right name, if they'll ever show up again. But there's about a million that we have zero idea. And Christopher Ray, the FBI director, said today in some very candid comments on Capitol Hill in a hearing that that is what keeps him up at night. Take a listen. Can the FBI guarantee the American people that known or suspected terrorists, including any from Hamas or other terror groups, are not amongst those gotaways? Well, certainly the, the group of people that you're talking about are a source of, of great concern for us. That's why we're aggressively using all 56 of our joint terrorism task forces. And there, but there's really no way for you to guarantee that Hamas isn't in those. Well, I, again, the, as you say, there's the unknown unknown and the known unknown. Right. Um, but what I can tell you is that our 56 Joint Terrorism Task Forces are working their tails off to make sure that they suss out and identify potential terrorist suspects, whether they're on the watch list or not. We're trying to, but it's awfully hard to keep track of a million people that you have no idea who they are, what their names are, what they look like in many cases. And boy, is this a formula for disaster. As the president's talking about fentanyl crossing the border, close the border. It's not rocket science, Mr. President. And here is the FBI director also talking about ISIS. Remember, we haven't heard about ISIS in a while. Well, ISIS has now gotten inspired by what's happening with Israel and Hamas, and they want to get into the act. Boy, are we in trouble. In a year where the terrorism threat was already elevated, the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. Since October 7th, we've seen a rogues gallery of foreign terrorist organizations call for attacks against Americans and our allies. Hezbollah expressed its support and praise for Hamas and threatened to attack U.S. interests in the Middle East. Al-Qaeda issued its most specific call to attack the United States in the past five years. Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula called on jihadists to attack Americans and Jewish people everywhere. ISIS urged its followers to target Jewish communities in the United States and Europe. Given those calls for action, our most immediate concern is that individuals or small groups will draw twisted inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks here at home. That is a scary proposition. Now we have the FBI director, who usually kind of lowballs things, 
saying that we are at like a skyrocketing level. We're worried about ISIS. We're worried about almost every terror group in the world that is looking at targeting U.S. interests and also doing it, whether it's on the homeland here or doing it overseas. This is really uh, just an overwhelming situation for American national security and global security. We're going to talk about this when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? I travel the world and the seven seas. Everybody's looking for something. Some of them want to use you. Breaking news. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, a developing story happening right now. Pro-Palestinian protesters are clashing with police in Washington, D.C. There are some dramatic images coming out where U.S. Capitol Police officers are currently attempting to hold back about 150 protesters outside the Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C., apparently Democratic leaders have been evacuated over a very, very uh, emotional ceasefire protests that are taking place in Washington. Now, police are responding to what they say are people who are illegally and violently protesting at the Democratic National Committee building. Arrests have also been made, and we're just getting word now that all U.S. House buildings are now reportedly on lockdown. Those are the buildings tied to the House of Representatives on Capitol Hill. And we just got some sound, and you can hear that it is very unruly. Take a listen. got thrown. People getting thrown down the stairs. People getting thrown down the stairs. Yo. Wow, people getting thrown down the stairs you just heard and it looks like things are really getting ha- out of hand at this hour. Of course, These are pro-Palestinian protesters who are upset 
that there is not a ceasefire in Gaza. Of course, this comes with new news that Israel has done some raids inside the hospital. And President Biden tonight, just a few hours ago, came out and said that they have information that Hamas has been at least using that location, this Al-Shifa hospital, which is right there in the heart of Gaza, that they have been using it as a command and control center. The Israelis call it the Hamas headquarters, but it doesn't sound like the Biden administration is disputing that, saying that, yes, they do believe this is not like the Israelis are targeting a Gaza hospital. They are trying to reduce and obviously eliminate any civilian casualties if they can, but they are targeting the Hamas terrorists that have this huge infrastructure right below the Hamas hospital. They want to use them, uh, the Gaza hospital, as human shields. So now you could tell that these protesters are not happy with the Democratic Party and also President Joe Biden's support for Israel. So we're going to follow this. We're going to give you any updates as it comes in. But apparently things are getting very unruly at this hour. Uh, let's go to Norm, line one. Uh, Norm, your thoughts about all of this? Uh, my thoughts are about this. We had 300,000 people, uh, you know, standing up for Israel yesterday and there were no arrests. I mean, as far as I know, there were no arrests. Yeah, that's right. Um, By the way, they were singing uh, love and peace and the Israeli anthem right. and the U.S. anthem. They weren't burning the U.S. flag. No, you know, I mean, look, I, I believe in the First Amendment, even when people express views that uh, I don't agree with. But, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the, these are these are riots. I mean, they, look, if they're setting fire to things like flags or, you know, putting garbage pails in the street and setting them, you know, putting wood in them and setting them on fire like happened in Bay Ridge a month ago. Uh, you know, it's, it, clearly they're they're overstepping the boundaries of the First Amendment, and I'm glad that they're they're making arrests, and uh, that's good. And you know, I I, I just I, I have not seen a pro-Palestinian rally that is peaceful. I mean, you know, it's like show me a peaceful rally for God's sake. You know, I mean, it just strikes me that, and then and then you have the Democratic Socialists of America, and they, they said that we had a pro-genocide mark. Yeah, and by the way, uh, your Rashida Tlaib, it just came out, has been part of this like private pro-Hamas Facebook page with uh, lots of vitriol. A lot more coming up, everybody, after the break. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our brave men and women in uniform. A powerful story coming from Longview, Texas, where Texas police officer Dylan Kennedy was driving through Louisiana while off the clock, and he saw a woman choking on the side of the road and quickly jumped into action. His actions on the roadside happened on October 30th, and he helped a woman named Linda Ferguson help to save her life. And the mayor of Longview recognized Kennedy just a few days ago for his act of service. Now, Rod and Linda Ferguson were driving on the interstate in Louisiana, and after stopping for some drinks at a truck stop, Rod Ferguson noticed that his wife was choking, 
And he pulled over and started to try to help her. And as cars were just driving by, he was not able to help her clear the airway. Then suddenly, Officer Kennedy, a Marine reservist who was coming back to Longview, Texas, from his drill in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, suddenly stopped and he used a de-choker device to dislodge the obstruction. He then was able to make sure that she got more medical attention and she was cleared. That's amazing. So afterward, Linda's husband, Rod, reached out to the Longview, Texas Police Department to inform them of Kennedy's heroic and quick actions. And the city of Longview, Texas, put on their Facebook page, quote, We often take time out to recognize our men and women in the Longview Police Department for their work while they're on duty. But the character and professionalism that they bring daily to the job stays with them when they are out of uniform as well. And that's why this is always such a powerful story. And I love always doing our Back the Blue every night here on The Rita Cosby Show. Well, last night at New York City Hall, it was a sea of white and red. And I was honored to be part of the celebration of Polish independence and also patriotism. And two of the esteemed folks who helped put it all together join us now here. New York City Councilman Bob Holden and also Poland's Consul General to New York, Adrian Kubitsky. Gentlemen, it's so great to have you here on the Rita Cosby Show. Great to be here. Great pleasure. Thank you. It was such an amazing night. Let's start with you, Consul General Kubitsky. Why do you think it's so important to showcase there was such a love of patriotism, a love of freedom in the air? I'll tell you, I was beaming all night. I'm still beaming thinking about how special and how amazing the Polish community is in New York and in this country. Well, I think that the beauty of democracy in the United States of America, thanks to Kościuszko Pułaski and all of us uh, raised uh, pretty much in the same period when Poland struggled to actually remain an independent country. And even though um, the U.S. was successful with this fight, Poland had to wait uh, some 120 years uh, to, to regain this independence. But we stand for the same values and this great involvement and the spirit of Polish people should still shine here in uh, these you know uncertain times of, of today's. And I think it's beautiful that we can showcase that in the beautiful building of New York City Hall. So thank you, Councilman Holden, for sponsoring that event and for all council members to to, to be with us that, that night. And, you know, Councilman Holden, why did you think it was so important to do it now? I felt at a time where there's such, I think, in the country and in the world, it's such an uncertain time. I found it so inspiring to be with people, A, who love this country, care about fighting for values and freedom. And I think the history of Poland and America are so deeply entwined. And we saw it on Showcase last night. And I was so happy, you especially spearheading it all, and also the other council members who came to the City Hall Chambers. Yes, it was a great event. But listen, it was there's a great uh, partnership with the uh, Polish Americans and Poland. And like uh, the council general said, there's there's a sense of loyalty and patriotism. The two countries share a bond going back to our uh, the American Revolution. We wouldn't have been in the United States had had uh, not uh, Generals Kosciuszko and Pulaski intervene and help the uh, the colonials and win the war. So again, without uh, the Polish Americans, there wouldn't be United States. So we thank everyone uh, that participated last night. And the Consul General has been a good friend, by the way. He's been an amazing Consul General for the last uh, few years. 
years, and, and, and we've become friends. I see him a lot. So I just love doing these events. It, it's, it's the Polish people. You know, I identify so much with the Polish people. Yeah, I mean, and there's a huge Polish population, of course, in your oh, district. Yeah. You know, we're oh, adopting yeah. you, Councilman. You know that. Well, I, again, uh, it's I have a, a history, and I don't want to get into all of it because I, I keep saying it, but I went to a Polish school with uh, taught by the Sisters of the Holy Nazareth, and they yelled at us in Polish. <laughs> I understood <laughs> some of it, and they taught us Polish songs. But here's a, uh, you know, I'm part Irish and part Italian, but it, I got a great education from a Polish order and had so many Polish friends. That's why... That's partly why I do this, but I just have so many constituents who are Polish Americans, and very, very proud of it too. And and there's a lot of Polish stores in my district, so I feel at home. Yeah, absolutely. And it was packed last night. You could see there were so many folks there in City Hall, and it was just such a beautiful night. And we're talking to also Poland's Consul General to New York, Adrian Kubitsky. You know, Consul General, I talked at one point about sort of the Phoenix that Poland is really so much a beacon, I think, for perseverance and determination because it really did rise from the ashes i think of my father's time what happened after world war ii but even before that as we were celebrating polish independence a 105 years since it got back on the map poland has been off the map of the world people don't realize it it really epitomizes overcoming incredible struggles well, I think, first of all, um, there weren't many odds um, um, actually rooting for Poland regaining independence after uh, over 120 years being basically erased from the maps of the world. But apparently we prove that the sense of nation and this patriotism is something that it's not just a piece of land. Uh, obviously, land is important, but it's something that we carry in our heart. And even those people who eventually decided to migrate here to America in different periods uh, in the moments of, of history. They still carry uh, this patriotism towards Poland, but at the same time being such a great citizens of America, the, the inhabitants, residents of New York City. And it's all visible. And we just want to showcase that. And we're very grateful for all partnerships that help us to bring this community uh, to its best and show to all the neighbors uh, what we stand for. We stand for this, exactly the same values, the same cherish for freedom and democracy as Americans do. Yeah, you can see there was so much standing shoulder to shoulder. I also thought, uh, guys, last night was so beautiful to see. Also, you know, of course, the Pulaski Association of the FDNY and NYPD and the Color Guards. And, of course, the beautiful Polonia Choir with the young kids. That was just so beautiful with the costumes. Mr. Consul General, also talk about the history, because Councilman Holden brought up, of course, Kozhushko. People see the Kozhushko Bridge, but there's an amazing story of what Kozhushko did in revolutionary times, and also Pawaski. I mean, they are so ingrained in American history. We would not be a country here in America if it wasn't for these heroes. Can you just tell us real quick for folks listening how important it was that these two great Poles led the charge for America? Well, let's start uh, uh, with this uh, the quick reminder that Pawaski actually offered his life. He suffered his life as a result of Battle of Savona. Um, uh, literally offering his life for the independence of, uh, of of America. It couldn't be a greatest effort. And at the same time, a couple of weeks ago, we bid farewell uh, to the crossing guard, uh, Kristina Naprava, who died hit by the truck on the streets of New York, protecting New Yorkers on their daily routines. Uh, this dedication of Polish people to their neighbors and, um, uh, and to their communities uh, is still the legacy that we continue. And I think this is so beautiful that this history is important, but it also resonates and 
keeps being uh, resonated um, even today. Yeah, absolutely. And Councilman Holden, where did you get to be such a patriot? You are always fighting so much uh, for the city of New York, for the country, uh, for so many great groups, especially my beloved polls. Where did you become such a, a dedicated supporter of, of just freedom and rights? You always are on the front lines. You, again, you get that from your parents. You get that from your school. I got all that. In the 1950s, growing up in post-war New York City, um, there was we were coming out of a war that we won along with the with so, certain uh, so many allies that was won, but it was a struggle, it was a very long struggle. And many of our fathers came back from war, and they they were really suffering. They were suffering, but they served, and, and it was the greatest generation. So. I'm I'm an offspring of the greatest generation, so you couldn't help but be a patriot when you had uh, fathers and mothers who served. And my mom did her job as a pen pal to uh, so many soldiers overseas. And my dad served in you know, two years in the Philippines, which was a, such a struggle. They couldn't even talk about it. My dad never talked about it. He couldn't. He would break up. So we come from people who who actually gave their lives or uh, really struggled and served our country. So why, how could we not be patriots? And that's what I think some of the younger generation today is, is not understanding, that we came and we were educated in schools that still taught history. And I think that's what's lacking now. We have to bring that back, teach history, teach civics, and really get down to what this country stands for. And the Polish-Americans, I see the, I see the similarity. Um, that's why I'm still friends with so many uh, of my classmates uh, from, from grade school who were Polish-Americans, and they still live in the same neighborhood as I do. And I, I lived here all my life, and I love it. Well, I can see why you are beaming, and I'm so glad that you're talking about the polls so much as you do so beautifully, Councilman. And last night was just so patriotic. It was inspiring. Uh, you are a sneak because you had uh, the Polish choir sing happy birthday to me, which made me cry to see those beautiful <laughs> little girls uh, there and just to see a packed house. And as you talk about the next generation, there were a lot of young people there last night. And I have so much inspiration for the next generation after seeing just the commitment in that room. If we could bottle it up and share it with the rest of the world. Uh, the place. That was so beautiful. But you did an outstanding job uh, job as our MC because you just came in from the radio show and then you <laughs> right. jumped right up to the mic. Mike, and we were we were amazed. My chief of staff, Daniel Cazina, was saying she is so professional. I said, my God, you know, she did it running from one gig to another. And you're amazing, though, uh, Rita. Thank you're, you. You're great Polish-American. Well, it's easy when you speak from the heart and it's something you love. And that is certainly the Polish community. You know how much it's my second homeland. And bravo exactly. to both of you. Thank you for including me in such a special night. And uh, Consul General, I'm so glad you were honored. Also, Alicia so uh, Wisnicki. And also Dorota uh, Andraka, uh, also great polls. But thank you, Mr. Consul General. Thank you for being here. Rita, thank you very much. And thank you for carrying on this beautiful legacy of your father and for our community. And it is, a, as Councilman said, it's a shining example. And you, you're always great and always great friend to us. Thank, thank you so much for that. Thank you. We love you. And also, Councilman Holden, we love you so much. Thank you for all you do. Thank, Rita, again, we love you. So please keep being Rita and keep working and keep doing those TV shows, the radio shows. You're all over. More, we love you. More importantly, <laughs> come to Polish events because that is yes, so special to yes, me. Yeah, you're always there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, both of you guys. And it was so great to have both of you on. Uh, Poland's Consul General to New York, Adrian Kubitsky, and also New York City Councilman Bob 
Holden. And everybody, check out also my Twitter feed, at Rita Cosby, because I put up a whole bunch of pictures from what was just a wonderful night celebrating patriotism, freedom, um, and boy, the Polish people, it just was such an amazing turnout. It was a packed house, and it was just such a special, special night in so many ways. And I, you know how proud I am to be Polish. So everybody, check out my Twitter feed, and we'll put some more pictures up also tomorrow as well. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about, of course, how important it is to protect the homeland and also, this comes as we're getting new word tonight of what's been happening in Washington, D.C. Again, the latest word is that Capitol Police are trying to hold back apparently 150 very unruly protesters right now outside the Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington. They are, quote, people on the scene are saying they are illegally and violently protesting at the DNC trying to get into the building. And apparently, uh, many of the buildings tied to the House of Representatives are on lockdown now. So this is pretty serious stuff. Uh, they also had to move out a whole bunch of Democratic lawmakers. Police are wearing gas masks as they're keeping an eye on this very, very unruly crowd. It is a crowd calling for a ceasefire, a pro-Palestinian group that is out there. And Capitol Police are, quote, working to keep back these protesters that are getting out of hand, uh, really, really dramatic stuff going on right now. And officers are saying uh, that seven members of Congress were inside. They were evacuated from the building by, quote, heavily armed, uh, very, very sizable and serious U.S. Capitol Police officers. So it sounds like things are just getting very, very tense and very emotional. We're going to take your calls when we come back, everybody. one 800 848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to have some more updates about apparently a violent protest pro-Palestinian that is taking place as we speak right now outside the Democratic National Committee in Washington, D.C. Apparently it got very unruly, uh, very violent. You heard some of the audio there before where it sounded like People were getting pushed downstairs. They were trying to break into the Democratic National Committee headquarters. And a number of members of Congress who were actually inside had to suddenly be evacuated, including Congressman Brad Sherman, Democrat of California, who posted on uh, Twitter uh, that he was inside the DNC when everything happened and he suddenly had to be evacuated and very heavily armed U.S. Capitol Police officers were leading him and others outside of it. There was a forum apparently going on inside the Democratic National Committee building that involved a whole bunch of leaders in the Democratic Party, including minority leader Hakeem Jeffries, uh, the House Whip Catherine Clark, Pete Aguilar, um, and also a number of others. So 
This is getting very, very heated. Apparently, officers with gas masks also arrived on the scene heavily armed, trying to control what is clearly a very unruly crowd, angry at the Democratic Party, calling for a ceasefire. Now, of course, a number of members of the Democrats are agreeing with the protesters, like the Democratic Socialists, Rashida Tlaib and uh, several others, but the president himself has said, we support Israel. He says that he would have loved to have had some sort of a ceasefire. He also tonight came out saying that he is still pushing for a two-state solution and still also pushing for discussions on potentially getting some sort of prisoner exchange. Uh, nothing so far yet. Uh, didn't sound like he had any big breakthroughs tonight. But what he did also say tonight was that Israel is correct when they say that Hamas has their command and control and weaponry underneath the main hospital there. And that's a big point of contention because the Palestinians are putting these pictures and saying, look, look what's happening at the hospital. Suddenly the Israeli military is surrounding this hospital and babies are dying and people are dying and there's no reason why they're attacking civilians. And yet, if you look at Israel, they're saying, wait a minute, this is the headquarters of the terrorist group Hamas. And right underneath are all of these tunnels. We have to get there to get underneath and to go into the facility to take out Hamas, not just for us, but for freedom in the world. And now tonight, just a few hours ago, uh, President Biden standing by Israel in that and saying, yes, indeed, uh, it is a command and control center for Hamas. So maybe people weren't happy with those comments, and that is what is causing some of these protests to get out of hand at Democratic sites, including the Democratic National Committee. Let's go to Tony, line one, in Clifton, New Jersey. Tony, your thoughts about all this? What an interesting night, Rita. You know, tonight I was focused on just telling you our president needed to address with Xi Jinping that he could not be trusted until he could tell the world the truth about the, the COVID-19 pandemic. That is a big thing. Millions of people died. I don't know what the number is. The world was at their mercy. And how could you trust someone like that? So really, he's done nothing to generate any security in anything that we are hearing from Xi Jinping. He's just, he, he really said it this way. He said at the end, after he was mumbling a bit, Anthony Blinken looked a little like he was going to cry like he always does. But by, by uh, the way, Tony, did you see he looked over a, a look like at Blinken and Blinken was kind of like, please stop talking. You're saying too much. <laughs> yeah. Janet Yellen just looked like she was just in the deep state, you know, sort of under hypnosis. Um, and there was also uh, John Kerry who was there who looked like he was just like stuffed and presented. He looked like he didn't have a clue. And I was very concerned, Rita, because I was left with the feeling on the president's last words. President Biden said, we're really just looking for global stability. So and then he added so that there's no conflict for American people. By the and way, that, by the way, Tony, Tony, that was well said. That was right on. <laughs> 